0: That's ChumbaCasino.com. dot com. No purchase necessary void prohibited by See terms and conditions, eighteen plus.
1: It's time for the Had dot com radio show. Had dot com radio is an in depth look at all things VA. If you need help with the VA, log on to Hadit dot com. Now, here's your host, Gerald Cook.
2: Welcome ladies and gentlemen, uh to the Had uh Talk Radio. Uh and uh, this is Veterans for Veterans, and uh, by golly, uh, today our guest speaker is Glenn Johnson. Uh, he's with Champ VA, and we're always proud to have him on, and our uh, uh, co-host is Jay Basser, and our technician is Stretch, and <laughs> Stretch there, he's out of Arkansas, and um uh, this will be the eighteenth day of June two thousand and fourteen. So, uh, uh, Glenn, how are you doing today?
0: I'm I'm good,
2: Gerald. How are you? Well, I'm doing all right. Still talking. <coughs> not not the best, but I'm a talking. <laughs> uh, how champ A been doing with with all this? Uh, shenanigans has been going on here with the BA. Uh, it's it's been a, a terrible time and uh, uh, for the veterans uh, for uh, a good spell. And and uh, I'm always proud to say that Champ BA is is one uh, one program that uh, seems to have their act together. Uh, so you have a lot to be proud of there.
0: Well, thank you. Um, In in terms of the other issues going on with the VA, we really don't have anything to do with those. Um, Now, uh, you know, there's the backlog of claims with the VBA. Uh, Well, let me me explain something for the listeners first. Uh, The VA, because we we get a a lot of uh, inquiries for other parts of the VA. Uh, In in most veterans' minds and the uh, mind of the general public, the VA is the VA, Um, but that's not really the case. The VA is actually divided into three separate administrations. You have the VBA, the Veterans Benefits Administration, and they handle um, uh, pensions, um, your disability claims, home loan guarantees, educational benefits, um, all of that sort of stuff, uh, they handle that. And that's where where the big claims backlog was or is. Um, uh, We've been whittling away at it, but that's that's still a significant issue with those folks. Um, Then we have the Veterans Health Administration, which runs the clinics, um, the VA medical centers, um, they do the mobile vans, the mobile health vans, um, the homeless program, um, and, and in, in this particular case, us, our, our programs: uh, the Champ VA program, uh, the foreign medical program, the spina bifida program, um, the children and women Vietnam veterans programs. Those are those are all. Part of the Veterans Health Administration, and the third part of the VA is the National Cemetery Administration, and they do basically exactly what you think they would do. They they run all of the national cemeteries, with the exception of Arlington Cemetery, which is run by the Department of the Army. Um, and so those are the three parts of the VA. Now there's some overlap, um, certainly with with uh, uh, programs and, and, and different things. Uh, I'll give you an example. Um, if you have if you're a Vietnam era veteran and you have a child with spina bifida, well if you actually served in Vietnam, you had to have at least put your foot in Vietnam. Um, but if you're a Vietnam veteran and you have a child with spina bifida, um, you can get that child comprehensive um, full spectrum health care for free from the VA. Now, we pay for that at our office in the VHA. Um, And we have case management now where we we manage the cases for each one of those those, uh, 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 children. I guess most of them are adults now, but children. Um, But you don't sign up through us. We pay for everything, and we manage your case for you, but you have to sign up through the VBA here in Denver. That's the only office to do it. And so you have a lot of a lot of uh, uh, overlap in certain areas. So the backlog of claims in the VBA um, uh, may affect somebody's ability to get into one of these programs that we manage here. Um, so some of the issues um, that are going on in the, in, in the VA do affect us a little bit. Um, they, they, they tend to affect the veteran more frankly um, but there there is some effect on us um, the current issue with the uh, um, the waiting lists and all those different things that are happening at the v a medical centers um that really isn't touching our office or CHAMP v a frankly so uh we're we're sort of um, uh, lucky in that um also you know we've made a um a very concerted effort um, to keep our business on an even keel and not let those other things affect us. Uh, We understand that we have a constituency of of, uh, veteran dependents, and and in some cases veterans like the foreign medical program that we serve, um, but we we haven't let the other things become distractions or or really bleed over into into our, our business lines. Uh, So we've been very, very good and lucky that way, and I was just talking to Stretch um, about similar, uh, a very similar conversation, Um, and I thought this might be a good time to give you a little bit of history about CHAMP VA. Uh, People uh, often don't know where it came from or why it's there or uh, that sort of thing, um, and so I, I, I thought, you know, before we talked about some of the things going on with the program, I, I give everybody a little history lesson on it. <clears throat> um, this also is going to um, is going to tie in. I'm going to talk a little bit about the Affordable Care Act um, and how that that affects Champ VA or doesn't affect Champ VA. And um, uh, so this is going to tie in there. So Champ VA. Um, and TRICARE were originally the same program. It was started in 1956 and it was called the Civilian Health and Medical Program of the Uniformed Services, CHAMPUS. Um It's based on uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield health insurance uh, for federal employees in 1956. That's, that's what the program is based on. If you ever wonder why we don't pay for dental and we don't pay for vision, or those aren't um, aspects of the CHAMP VA program um, that, that, that we cater to, uh, that's because federal employees in 1956 who had Blue Cross and Blue Shield did not get dental or vision. That was the standard in the day. So uh, from 1956 to 1973, CHAMPUS, Um, managed the health care for all uh, active duty, uh, military, military retirees, their dependents, and all the people that are now in CHAMP VA. In 1973, um, due to some mismanagement within that particular uh, program, the Champus program, uh, Congress decided that uh, it really needed to be two programs. And so what happened was, um, they split apart, and the first group, um, the first group became uh, uh, Tricare, and they and they were managed by the Department of Defense as they are now. and The Department of Defense manages it, funds it, um, and it, it caters to uh, uniformed service members currently at, on active duty. Um, their dependents and military retirees. The other group, which is the dependents of veterans who have been rated permanently and totally disabled by the Department of Veterans Affairs, who have died of a service-connected disability, uh, who died and were rated P&T at time of death, or who died on active duty and are not eligible for TRICARE, those people became CHAMP VA. Um, and new legislation was created for those programs. Um, the, legis- the two different laws that govern CHAMP VA are Public Law 9382 and Public Law 107-14. Those are the two laws that govern CHAMP VA. Um, there are some very distinct and specific things in, in those laws. Um, that sort of have set Champ VA up for success, where uh, maybe other other programs that are similar aren't doing as well. The first thing and biggest thing is that the Champ VA program is not funded by the Department of Veterans Affairs. Um, it's managed by the Department of Veterans Affairs. The Veterans Affairs tells the treasury who to send money to, um, but the money that we appropriate for this particular program does not come from the VA's budget, it actually comes out of the presidential budget. It's a line item in the presidential budget every year. You remember last year we had the government shut down and we had the continuing resolutions and all those things, uh, federal employees were sent home. Uh, I know my wife who works for Department of Interior was sent home for three weeks. Um, all because the money and the budget hadn't been squared away for the VA. Well, the fact of the matter is we didn't close. We never closed, and we never stopped paying claims. And the reason for that is the president got his budget that previous July, late July, early August, and so, so did we. So when the closure came around, the government closure came around, we already had our money. We We were – going full steam ahead. We didn't take any days off, we didn't furlough anybody, and we didn't stop paying our bills. So that's one of the great things in those laws. Um, it makes the program very, very stable. Uh, not only the fact that it's in, a, uh, it's in the presidential budget, which is o- always passed, um, but it's also two laws. And so to uh, to get rid of Champ VA, a lot of I get a lot of questions, especially from elderly folks, and rightfully so. I really want to start using this exclusively. But if I drop my other insurance and Champ VA goes away, I'm 80 or 70 or 90 in some cases. I'm not going to be able to get health insurance again. Okay, but here's the deal: the government would have to rewrite and repeal both of those laws. Um, that's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. And so we have two laws that govern CHAMP VA. Um, we're in the presidential budget uh, budget line, so we're always going to be funded. Written into those laws is also a clause that says CHAMP VA must be funded to full, full um, amount of use every year. Meaning, last year we processed 14.5 million medical claims to the tune of about $1.6 billion for CHAMP VA. If something changed in the program, uh, a new benefit was created within the program, and that went up to $6 billion, we'd have to pay it, and the government would have to pay it. By law, they have to have the money there to pay those bills.
2: Uh, Glenn? Uh, Yes, sir. uh, Excuse me a second. Do you think that would go uh, uh, quite a ways in resolving the... uh, problematic issues we have now with the VA uh, uh not only the claims division but the uh, medical uh side of it too uh, if if they was put under the uh, presidential budget he is the commander in chief uh, uh, and and I can see that being a, a logical solution to some of this and that that would fully fund the VA and uh, all the way around well
0: um, hmm. I, I don't know if that would be possible to do um, now the VA is part of the executive branch uh, the president is head of the executive branch Um the Department of Defense is as well, and he, and even though he, like you said, he is Commander in Chief. He does not; uh, his budget is not tied to the Department of Defense budget. Um, I, I don't know if that would fix the problem. Uh, simply having, um, having a part of that mechanism, the presidential budgetary mechanism, it suited us well. Um, because uh, we're a reasonably small organization, um, and we serve a very select and special group of people, the, def- the dependents of veterans who have been rated permanently and totally disabled. Uh, I don't know what the impetus behind putting it under the presidential budget was, other than at the time I'm sure they were thinking, well, this is going to make it even more solid. This is going to give the people who have been, have to break away from, from CHAMPAs or now Tricare, um, a sense of, of of confidence in the system and stability within the system. Placing the whole VA under the president, uh, I, I don't know if that would be practical because then the president would have to hire wow in another huge office just to manage that. Um, I, I don't know if that would make a difference, frankly. Um, I, I think we're dealing with an organization that is so incredibly huge, it's probably not practical to, to put it under the president. Um, I, I think it would also, and this is just my two cents, I think it would also um, provide a huge distraction to the White House, having an organization that size underneath the president. Um and it would be a, a huge distraction, um, I, th- I think, also to the electoral process as well. Uh, so I I don't know. Um, I, I don't see that ever happening, Gerald. So I, I guess, you know, we, we can speculate about it all we want. Um, but I, I, I think um, CHAMP VA has, has benefited from us being part of the presidential mechanism uh, because we are – very precise in our in our legislation that governs us. Um, we have a small, select number of people that we serve, um, and it allows us to concentrate on serving them quite well. Um, I think if, if you had the entire VA under there, I think it would it would really um, be a distraction to the presidency. I, I don't see that helping the VA or helping the president's office either. So um, I I don't see uh, that as being sort of a likely scenario.
2: I suspect it would not be because uh, perhaps you're right. Uh, Right now the Champ VA is doing so well, (laughs) you wouldn't want to see anything come in that might, uh uh not go along
0: with well and and what, you have a point you there.
2: Feeling, your, your program. if it
0: we 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 are allowed to manage that program and manage the money for it and manage how we process claims and 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 uh eligibility issues we're really helped by being inside the presidential sort of umbrella um the fact that uh we're tied to the budget, and we have these laws that govern us. Um, I think, and this is just sort of selfish of me, I guess, because I'm, I've worked for CHAMP VA for so long, I think if all of it went underneath uh, the umbrella of the President's office, I think you would find us sort of lost in the shuffle. Uh, I think it would be a disservice to the to the CHAMP VA program and the people in it, frankly. Um, but, that's, like I said, that's just my two cents. Um, anyway, that, I don't really see that happening. So uh, we have CHAMP VA, and we're, we're part of it. We have these two laws that govern us. Um, one of the issues that we get a lot here at CHAMP VA, um, congressional inquiries, um, the people who answer the congressional inquiries uh, for our office actually work for me And so, anytime anybody complains to a congressman or a senator or the president or the secretary or um, uh, somebody important within our system, uh, I get to see those complaints. We get a lot of complaints um, that the Champ VA program uh, uh, doesn't doesn't always follow what's going on with the rest of the VA in terms of treatment. I'll give you an example chiropractic. We don't pay for chiropractic services. Um, we just don't. Um, but they do have chiropractors at the VA medical centers, and so we get a lot of questions. You know what? I get great chiropractic work done at the DeBakey the VA Medical Center in Houston, but my wife tried to get chiropractic through Champ VA, and they, they refused to pay for it. Well, that's one of the double-edged sides of the uh, of being part of a law, or actually, in this case, the two laws that I mentioned. Although the fact that our program is, is uh, part of signed legislation, it is those two laws, it makes it very hard to get rid of the program. You're gonna to have to repeal both of those laws over the objections of lots of people. Um, and so it makes it very stable. At the same time, it does not make it overly uh, flexible. The same process that would go into trying to repeal uh, the CHAMP VA laws if they wanted to get rid of the program, the same process also is in play for increasing benefits. So when you have um, something like chiropractic care and chant VA people would like it, it has to be, legislation has to be written, it has to be introduced, the bill has to be introduced to one of the houses of of Congress, it has to be debated, it has to be voted on by both sides, both houses of Congress and signed by the President. Um, I get the question all the time, well, why don't you have dental and vision? Well... A, the original program, the way it was written, was based on a program, the 1956 Blue Cross Blue Shield for federal employees that didn't have dental and vision. And now that those laws that govern CHAMP VA have, have been ratified and signed, there has been no chance, well, I'm not going to say that, um, none of the congressional entities involved since that happened have been willing to change the law to include dental, vision, chiropractic, um, some, some uh, acupuncture, those sorts of things. Um, no one has been willing to step up to the plate and pass legislation that would change it so the laws that govern CHAMP VA can, can include those, those different benefits. Um, I get a lot of people who think that CHAMP VA uh, as a benefit and it is a healthcare benefit Um, It's not an insurance, it's a health care benefit, that we can just add and subtract things if we want. I see letters from congressmen, and it's kind of ironic, actually, we get them through congressmen and senators. Some veteran someplace goes, well, you know, the VA could do it if they wanted to. You're just cheap or lazy or or whatever the deal is. Well, the fact of the matter is, since I've been um, with the CHAMP VA program in 2001, we've had six sets of legislation in front of Congress that involved either giving dental benefits or vision benefits um, to CHAMP VA beneficiaries. Um, none of them have even been voted on. None of them made it out of committee. They, were just, they just died before they hit the floor. And it's really funny as we get these complaints through the congressional, um, uh, the congressional office um, that we have to respond to, and the the beneficiaries are asking why don 't you guys just give us dental or vision and the real answer is because Congress won 't allow it, but I find it funny that the congressman feels <laughs> feels the ability uh, feels the necessity to send us the veterans complaint when really it's it 's that congressman or senator who has failed to create the legislation or introduce the legislation or vote on the legislation that would give the the champ va beneficiary those those uh um, benefits
2: yeah that is how do you <laughs>
0: how do you answer those inquiries Oh, well, we we generally tell them the truth. The fact of the matter is we are governed by these two laws, these two laws to enable you to get these benefits. These two laws um, have got to be rewritten, new legislation passed. And so um, if you really want these things, then we suggest you engage your congressman or senator. Because they've had had the opportunity six times to, to do something about it, and they haven't. I'll give you another example. The Affordable Care Act. The Affordable Care Act, also known as Obamacare, uh, gave everybody in the country the opportunity to get um, um, some sort of health care. There's all different plans out there, and and, um, everybody was supposed to go out and pick one if they didn't already have insurance. Well, one of the things we did, um, we are not a health insurer. Part of the law uh, part of those two laws uh, that govern CHAMP BA specifically describe what a health insurance is and what the standards are for that and why we don't meet that. One of them is we don't have premiums. Uh, we create no premium uh, payment authorization, so because we have no premiums, that is one thing that keeps us from being an insurer. The other thing is, is we have no network of providers, even a loose network of providers or an informal network of providers. We don't have that nor can we create one. Um, If you were to call us up and say, look, I'm moving to uh, Fayetteville, Arkansas, and I need an oncologist that takes CHAMP VA, we can't tell you because we don't keep track of that. And the reason we don't keep track of that is if somebody calls and we tell them what doctors to go to, we have breached the the intent of the law and created a a de facto network. So we don't have those things. So we're not an insurance However, we do meet the, the standard we do meet the uh, standard for the Affordable Care Act under coverage. So we sent letters out um, it was last January and February to all of our beneficiaries saying, "Look, don't run out and buy more insurance. Champ VA fits the bill. You have creditable cover- health care coverage under us, even though we are not an insurance." So we met that standard. Um, however, we're not an insurance. And, and we don't function like an insurance. And the Affordable Care Act governs, guess what? Insurance. One of the things that we constantly, we get a lot of complaints from, from congressmen about, another little bit of irony, um, we get a lot of complaints through different congressmen and senators um, asking why um, we haven't followed the Affordable Care Act in increasing our child-dependent age to the age of 26. Uh, under the Affordable Care Act, children or dependents of, of, of parents um, are now entitled to keep uh, to stay on their parents' health insurance until the age of 26. Champ VA ends at the age of 23, and that's only if you're in full-time uh, registered full-time in school. You can stay till 23. Well, we're not going to change that. We get a lot of people. You, we're, make complaints to the IG and everybody else that we're not following the Affordable Care Act. Well, the fact of the matter is we have our own laws. Our own laws were written in 1973, right, 30 years basically before the Affordable Care Act came around. And so we are not beholden to the Affordable Care Act. And not only that, we're not an insurance. We're a health care benefit. So we get a lot of complaints about raising the dependent age to 26, well, the fact of the matter is, since the Affordable Care Act uh, was introduced, we've had over 11, it was 11 or 13 now, uh, pieces of legislation up in Congress, either riders on current bills that were going through or bills unto themselves that would raise the dependent age um, for CHAMP VA to the age of 26. It has never even been voted on. It's never even been debated. Um, early on in the process, they asked us how many uh, children we thought that that might be. And uh, we said, okay, well, what are the rules for the Affordable Care Act? What, what are the parameters that, we, w- that we're going to have to go by? We can tell you how many children fit that bill. And they didn't have rules. And they didn't give us anything. So we said, okay, well, what number do you want to use? And they said, well, go ahead and use the, the biggest number possible. What is what is the biggest population that you would have that might fit the bill? Okay, currently it was it was in the neighborhood of 60 or 70 thousand kids, and we gave them a, a cost estimate for how much it was going to cost to provide them uh, champ VA to the age of 26. Uh, both sides of the house, uh, both sides of uh, Congress, the Senate and, and and the House balked at it. They've never even debated it. It's never even been up to the floor for vote. Inside or outside, either standalone or 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 as a rider on any other uh, piece of legislation. So we get complaints from people, why haven't you done this? When the people they should be asking really is is their congressman or senator, because those folks haven't. They decided it was too expensive, and so they're not even going to vote on it. Um, and and so that's sort of a some of the double edged this to the to the champ v a program we're very stable, we're always funded, we're always open paying bills uh at the same time. we're not overly flexible because we are very solid legislation that governs us um uh, those two public laws I mentioned um, guess what we're We're not easy to change. You have to actually go through the whole process you learned about in eighth grade in the Constitution class about how to how to how to get a bill passed, you know so uh, one of the
2: things uh, I want to... Uh, go ahead. Sam, uh, uh, we need to stop here and take a station break. Okay. Uh, uh, you want to run a- You're listening to the Com
1: radio show. Com is veterans helping veterans. We leave no one behind. Not on a jungle trail, not on a desert trail, and not on a paper trail. If you want any information about the VA, log on to www.
2: Okay, uh, thank you for that, uh, John. Uh, uh, let me give out our call-in number for anyone that might have a question or comment for Glenn Johnson there with Shampa BA. Uh, our call-in number is 347-237-4819. That call-in number once again is three four seven two three seven four eight one nine. If you have a question or comment, feel free to call in, and uh, we'll we'll try to get you an answer there, or or you know we'd appreciate your comments there. Uh, go ahead, Glenn. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but oh, that's okay. We've got sort
0: of a new format going here I guess.
2: Yeah, uh well we're trying to get a little better.
0: <laughs> All you doing <laughs> fine? I just uh this this some of the this, the things a little bit new, but we're, we'll get past it. We're, we're good. <clears throat> so that's that's a little bit of history about Champ VA. Um we're very solid. We're funded very well. Um uh, we're not going anywhere. So people who think, well, oh, I'd like to get involved, but I'm not sure how, how stable it is, especially with things going on in the VA the way they are, we're not going anywhere, folks, and we're going to continue to, to, to provide as as good a uh, customer service as we possibly can. One thing I'd like to blow our horn about this year was this this past year, we every other year we participate in the American Customer Satisfaction Index, um, which is a national um, Survey sort of um, modality. It's run by uh, the depart- uh, department. It's run by uh, the University of Michigan School of Business, um, and people participate. Uh, all sorts of different uh, organizations, uh, government, state level uh, organizations, um, folks, uh, companies that are out in the free market, Walmart. Uh, Apple computers, um, Target, um, Aetna Health Insurance, all those different different groups all participate in the American Customers uh, Satisfaction Index. It's, it's a very big deal. Well, we we scored the highest last time we did it. We had the third highest score in the history of the index. Uh, the time before that, um, uh, 2011, we had the highest in the history of the index and that includes every organization civilian or government um, so we we try very very hard uh, to give us as, as good a customer service as we possibly can uh, we had the highest in the government by far um, and we had like I said we had the third highest ever score this past year so uh, we're really we're really trying hard to, to keep our customer s- uh, service standards high and, and give us Uh, best services we can. Now, sometimes things slip through the cracks. It's just the way it is. We deal with a uh, a lot of people, uh, a lot of money, a lot of claims. Sometimes things go a little bit awry. um, But really, at the end of the day, we're one of the best organizations in the country. I'll give you an example. Walmart, who's uh, always very, very high, uh, their customer satisfaction Rating is very high, and people think highly of them. And, and their success around the world um, kind of shows that we were 27 points higher than Walmart. Um, so um, we we were we we're really uh, um, uh, trying our hardest to do that. One of the things I wanted to mention really quick was actually next week. Uh, if if uh, people call in. They might run into a little snag. What we're doing is we're going to introduce an entire new call-in system. We bought this very state-of-the-art and very expensive um, call center um, software and new telephones and new computers and everything to manage our calls. Uh, I think uh, it's really going to make a difference. It's, it's going to make an already quick uh, quick call time even quicker and it's going to give the people that answer the phone for for you beneficiaries and veterans out there Um, a lot more flexibility to handle issues right there on the phone as opposed to, um, give me your issue, I might have to get back to you or they might send you to a special office to talk to somebody. Um, This new system, the integrated computer and and the new phone system is really going to make a difference in our ability to serve our customer. So I wanted to sort of let folks know we're going to introduce that. We're going to introduce it on the 24th. And so we're hoping um, it's been in testing, and, and we've had some good results. So we're we're hoping that we're basically going to flip a switch, and everything's going to instantly get better. Um, I hope so. If not, and you and you call on 24th, and, and something sounds weird or, or is going on weird, well, that's what it is. We turn the new phones on, and, and we're and we're getting them up and going. So that's just sort of a, um, a heads up for everybody out there.
2: Well, I hope you didn't use the people that built Obama's website.
0: No, 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 we didn't. Um, I'm not familiar with this particular company. They weren't the people who gave us the last system. The last system was great. Don't get me wrong. When we turned that on, you know, our call wait times went from sometimes before that were up to an hour, And they drop down within six months. They drop down to 25 seconds to answer the phone, and you always talk to a real person. Um, The issue is um, in this particular case uh, that's getting a little bit old. We turned that on in 2002, so now it's 11 years old, uh, or actually 12, uh, 13 years old, Uh, 12, 12 years old. Um, uh, So it's 12 years old. It, It is wearing out a little bit. Um, there have been a lot of patches and upgrades to it, and it 's gotten to the point where it 's really it 's sort of at the end of its life. The other thing and it 's a really big milestone is uh, we went over four hundred thousand beneficiaries this year that so we 've never had that many. We always have a, a reasonably steady growth our our growth annually is about 6%, um, somewhere in the neighborhood of 30,000 people we pick up every year. Now, uh, granted, we get a lot of folks who pass away. They get divorced, and they're not entitled to the program anymore or whatever. Um, but we still have a 6% growth growth rate. And so we finally cracked 400,000 people. Um, that uh, When we, we put in the first uh, um, upgrade to our phone system back in 2002, we only had 120,000 people in the program so we created this really nice this phone uh methodology this phone system and a great phone uh call center upstairs um uh, but we've exceeded that by three times now and so uh what we had was great back then but really now the call volume that we get has has really started to jump um and so we needed a new system that would that would be able to handle that and so that's what's going that's what's going to arrive next tuesday um
2: now uh the new veterans uh, getting discharged out of the middle east there uh-huh. uh, coming home uh, their families are already with champ of v a aren't they
0: uh no actually most if if you've been medically retired uh yeah. meaning you got yourself injured bad enough to where um, uh, whatever service you're in has decided you need. Um, to, to go rest and not be in the service anymore. Um, if you're medically discharged, you're going to be a TRICARE beneficiary. If you're the dependents of a veteran who is killed on active duty, uh, either in Iraq, Afghanistan, or wherever, um, they're going to be TRICARE folks as well. Um, one of the things, you know, when the, the two conflicts started uh, back in 2003, um, Actually, before that uh, with Afghanistan, but um, really 2003, they were both going great guns. We invaded Iraq, and we already had folks on the ground in Afghanistan. We're putting more there. We anticipated, we thought we were going to get a huge jump in our business um, because uh, historically what had happened, uh, at least within the Department of Defense, is if you got hurt, um, you got hurt really bad, um, to where you couldn't serve on active duty anymore. Um, the Department of Defense would pawn you off on the VA as quickly as possible. Yes. Um, and so what happened was we they would give you to... The, they wouldn't medically retire you. They'd just turn you over to the VA, and the VA would give you a rating decision, and you would get your pension, you would get your medical care, and that sort of thing. That's, that's what happened in Vietnam. That's what happened in uh, Grenada. That's what happened in the uh, first Gulf War, for the most part. If you had an issue, you became a problem of the VA, not the Department of Defense. And so we had a lot of people that were uh, suddenly, their, their dependents were um, um, eligible for CHAMP VA. This time, however, these past two conflicts, uh, Operation Iraqi Freedom and Operation Enduring Freedom, uh, basically Iraq and Afghanistan, um, DOD stepped up to the plate and said, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to medically retire these people. Um, they're going to become um, – we created this issue for these people, and so these people are going to be our asset. They're going to be something we're going to take care of. And so where uh, we thought we were going to start getting piles of uh, a CHAMP VA people – and uh, never, it never manifested itself because they all became Tricare eligible.
2: Wow well, you I know, one
0: of the big the, things is the
2: uh, DoD should have done that a long time ago. Uh, well,
0: that's, you know, that, that's certainly been debated, um, especially after Vietnam. Um, that was a big bone of contention between Veterans Affairs and um, uh, DoD was they would just okay, you, you'd spend a, a time at Walter Reed or Bethesda or, or Brooke or wherever you are, and as soon as you were basically conscious and, and able to move yourself, boom, you're the VA's problem, not ours. And the VA wasn't wasn't staffed to to handle that. The system really wasn't set up that way. And so you you ended up with a whole flood of people showing up that the VA wasn't ready for. So this time we decided, okay, we're going to be ready for these guys, um, in CHAMP VA, my office in particular, thought, okay, we're going to get a lot of guys that are permanently and totally disabled. We're going to, we're going to have this big bump of, of people. It never manifested because those people became TRICARE eligible, not not um, CHAMP VA eligible. You remember, I told you back in 1973, TRICARE and CHAMP VA split from each other. Um, we just cracked 400,000 people in the CHAMP VA program. There are 28 million people in TRICARE. That's how many people u- utilize that particular system. And they are an insurance. The, the the laws that govern them, they were set up because they're so big and they're in every state and every territory. And they had so many people in each place that they could, they could actually realistically create a, a network of providers. So when you have, uh, depending on what level of TRICARE you have, they have doctors that you're supposed to go see. Uh, We don't have that. CHAMP VA has never had that. Um, Written into our law uh, that governs us is, A, we're not insurance, and B, we're not insurance because we don't have a network of providers and cannot create one. So you can go to anybody you want in CHAMP VA. We don't care. The only doctors we're not going to pay for are doctors that are on the Medicare exclusion list, and basically they've done something so bad that Medicare won't deal with them, and so we won't either. Uh, But you can go to any doctor you want. We don't care. but like I said earlier, being a law is a double-edged sword. You can go to any doctor you want. We don't care. But if you ask us for a doctor to go to, we can't tell you one either. So that's that's sort of some of the some of the uh, issues we've had with, with with being part of the law.
2: So it, it would seem to me that uh, the the Shampa Shampa BA would be uh, much better. Uh, Program in the uh, TRICARE because TRICARE would be operating the same as uh, Medi- Medicare, wouldn't it? Uh, well, no.
0: Um, all, when you become Medicare eligible... Yes. Um. Uh, now, if you're a veteran who's 100%, you don't have to take Medicare if you don't want because you can get all your treatment in a VA medical center. Um. In terms of Medicare and CHAMP VA, um, CHAMP VA always becomes secondary payer. Um, And I believe TRICARE is the same way. When you become Medicare eligible, you have to have Medicare Parts A and B and you have to keep them. Um, that's been a big bone of contention with with some folks, especially older folks on a limited income, because there's a premium associated with with Medicare Part B. Medicare Part B, for those of you who don't, well, I'll give you all of them. Medicare Part A is inpatient care. Medicare Part B that has the premium is outpatient care. And there's Medicare Part D, which is a, a pharmacy benefit, Um, Since we have our own pharmacy programs, we don't require anybody to get Medicare Part D. In fact, we discourage you from getting it because it will mess up benefits you have from from CHAMP VA. Um, So you don't want Medicare Part D if you have CHAMP VA. Um, Medicare Part B, however, the law is very clear when you become Medicare eligible at any age, you must have Medicare parts A and B and you must keep Medicare part B. Like I said, uh, there's a bone of contention with that because the premium is taken out of your social security check. So if you have a small social security check to begin with, and they're taking another $400 per check out for Medicare part B, that doesn't leave you with a lot of, a lot of social security money coming your way. And so what we get is a lot, uh, we get a, goodly portion, I'm not going to say goodly portion, I'm going to say there. there's a, a significant number of people who have decided that they don't want Medicare Part B even though they have CHAMP VA. Um, I cannot stress enough to anybody listening, wow, that is like the worst idea you can possibly have. Um, if you have CHAMP VA and you have and you're Medicare eligible, and you must have A and B, and you must keep it. I know it might be a hardship for someone on a limited income, but if you refuse Medicare Part B when you're supposed to get it or you drop it afterwards, really, really, really bad things are going to happen. The first one is uh, every year, twice a year, uh, our office, CHAMP VA office, takes everybody on our rolls and sends them to Medicare and says, Check these names against their roles and tell us what happened to these people. Um, We do this for a lot of reasons. Uh, First one is people usually forget to tell us when they get divorced. And so Medicare keeps track of that. They can tell us who got divorced and who didn't. They can also tell us who passed away and didn't. Um, A lot of the times people tell the VBA, remember I was talking earlier about the VBA being another part of the VA, we don't always talk that well with each other and so we get veterans who call up and they tell the VBA, look, my my spouse passed away, Um, she had CHAMP-VA or he had CHAMP-VA, but the VBA doesn't tell us. We have no automatic mechanism for us to, to hear from them when someone passed away. Um, The last thing that we check with with Medicare is who was supposed to get Medicare A and B and who dropped it or refused it. If we find out that you had Medicare Part B and you dropped it, here's what's gonna happen. Three really, really bad things. The first thing is we're gonna cut you off of CHAMP VA until you get it. Until you can prove with us that you've gotten Medicare Part B back you're not entitled to CHAMP VA benefits any longer. The second thing, any money that we paid on your behalf, either to you or to a medical provider for care for you, we're taken back. And you have no recourse to get that money back. And if we take that back from a provider and he turns around and says to you, guess what, CHAMP VA took their money back because you didn't have Medicare Part B, you now owe me $50,000, there's nothing we can do about it and there's no way for you to get around it, Um, absolutely none. The law is very clear with this. The last thing that's going to happen that's really bad isn't actually done by CHAMP VA. This is done by Social Security. For those of you who don't know, Medicare is run by the Social Security Administration. Uh, And what happens is they're going to levy a penalty against you, 1% a month. For every month, you should have had Medicare Part B and didn't. That's that works out about 10% a year. And what it is, when you go to get cha- uh, Medicare Part B back, they tack a penalty onto your premium. So if your premium is $400 and you you were supposed to have it for a year and didn't, that's 10%. So now your premium is going to be $440. If you do, if you were supposed to have it for five years and didn't get it, now we're looking at 50%. Now your now your premium is $600. And that's not a one-time penalty. That penalty is levied against your premium for the duration of your life.
2: Wow! They need to make that more public. Or, or now uh, we
0: we send oh. out. We send out cards all the time. We send out cards at least twice a year. It's in our guidebook. It's online. It's in all the, mag- the Your Health magazine that we put out to our beneficiaries. Um, wow, we we put it absolutely any and everywhere because if if you refuse Medicare Part B or you had it, you sign up with us, then you drop it and think we're not going to find out. We are going to find out, and it, it really, wow, we've had some Really sad cases where we've taken right. back half a million dollars from people.
2: Now, uh, John, is there any way we can post these uh, uh, regulations here? Uh, They're on handed. I know we've discussed this before in the past. We uh, can
1: link it to the gay site and uh, put a link into uh, you know to that area.
2: Because this is fantastic. We, we I'd I'd really important. appreciate
1: that. Uh, do that. uh quick question, Glenn. Are there sir? any exceptions any exceptions to that rule law? None. None. So for example, you have a federal retiree that, that did a time with the government retired and Champ VA beneficiary which Champ VA is already secondary as far as the pay. Yep. And yeah, we always the, the only
0: time that we're not secondary as a payer um, if the beneficiary has Medicaid, which is the mm-hmm. state version, we, we pay first for that.
1: Okay. Oh, sorry. My Are phone you wait. there? Okay. Yeah, I'm here.
0: Yep. Um, if, uh, uh, if they have Medicaid, we pay first. If they're a Native American and they get their uh, medical treatment through the Indian Health Service, Mm-hmm. Uh, we pay first. Basically, they go to the Indian Health Service and, and they bill us, and so we, we become the primary payer. If they're in the federal um, uh, Victims of Crime program, uh, which is a very small program, but basically you are a victim of a crime to the point where you're, you can't take care of yourself and so you become indigent, or basically... Um, you have no money at all, um, we'll be the first, the primary payer for that. And if people actually want to go out and buy a supplemental policy for CHAMP VA, we're primary to that. Those are the only times we pay first. Um, now, the one sort of exception to the Medicare A and B rule is if you're not entitled to Medicare, meaning you didn't pay in to enough quarters um, to receive Social Security or Medicare, then this doesn't apply to you, and okay. in which case Medicare will send you a letter that says, look, you didn't pay enough money into the system. You're not entitled to Social Security or Medicare. If they send us that letter, we can put that in their file, and um, we can be their primary and only for the duration of their life. But the, the law is very specific. If you are Medicare eligible at any age, whether you're 5 or 65, um, uh, you have to have Medicare A and B, and you must maintain Part B, or or yeah, really bad things are going to happen.
2: Um, what we
0: get a lot of times is people who they they think they can make the trade off by. Um, a, they're not gonna, we're not gonna find out, and we are gonna find out. Um, and so what they'll do is they'll sign up with B, and then they'll drop it later, thinking we won't find out. Um, folks, we're the government; we know just about everything, um, <laughs> and we're gonna find out. Please don't do that. Uh, we also, you know, it's in all the handbooks and stuff that we send out. But you know, people get that big handbook, and it's complicated, and it has a lot of legal terms in it, and they get about to page eight and go i'm not reading this you know and so they don't get to that part um and so they can they can claim they didn't you know we didn't tell them but no we did and we have it very well documented who got what from us so that excuse that we never told you is is not going to hold up either so and even then even even if we didn't tell you guess what it's still the law ignorance of the law is no
1: excuse (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I always use I always use the uh, uh, the example of you know in Colorado I have a concealed carry permit, um, great. But if I go to a state that doesn't reciprocate and I don't know that and I get pulled over and thrown in the pokey for having a gun on me, guess what? The fact that I didn't know the law in that state is not an excuse, you know. The law is the law. And it's the same way with Medicare A and B. You might have done everything possible not to find this out, um, but the fact of the matter is the law is the law. And even if we told you wrong, some idiot on the phone told you something wrong, at the end of the day, the law is the law. That's
1: just the way it is. You better keep checking that reciprocity list. For each state, because this yeah. thing changes a bit every other day.
2: <laughs> well, didn't we have some people there on Had it, uh, uh, John, that were contemplating not taking out uh, 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 Medicare?
1: Yeah, I've answered several posts on Haddit. People say, "Yeah, I, don't know. I think I we have." I've explained to them, you know, that if you do not take Part B. For your dependents to not take Part B, and they're eligible for Part B in Medicare, then they will lose their champ BA. And I've explained it several times. So.
2: Yeah, that's an important issue, and that's I, that's I a think.
0: big thing. And we see, uh, wow, my office because, like I said, we do manage the congressional inquiries. We see that constantly. Um, you never told me. Well, guess what? We did. The fact that you didn't read it doesn't mean we didn't tell you. You don't um, have to. Tell them. Yeah. Well, we, we make a point of going overboard and telling everybody all, because we don't want them to get in trouble. These are people that we serve. We don't want, we don't want them in trouble. You know, that's, that's, that's not how this is designed to work. It's designed to help these folks. Uh, but also the way the law is written, when we become subordinate to, to Medicare, you know, you've got to follow their rules. Another, another real quick one, I don't know if we have time, is people who sign up with HMOs. If yeah. you sign up with HMO, you have to follow their rules. You don't get to see whatever doctor you want anymore even if you have champ va because we pay second if that hmo says you must go to this doctor then you have to go to that doctor if they say they will not pay for something then we will not pay for it either and so i i don't recommend people get hmos when they have champ va now for other folks like me i'm not entitled to champ va my my, my family is not um i probably will get some sort of Medicare supplemental policy or an HMO or something mm-hmm. when I get older and retire, um, and that's that's going to be the best for me. But really, you won't have to. Yeah, stay away from those, man.
1: You won't have to, Glenn, because I mean, you know, you've got your uh, you've got your uh, your federal blue cross or whatever you, you have, and if you've got that, then you've got uh, uh, Part B. You, you're in good shape.
0: Right. So. Yeah, um just like you. But yeah, and that and that becomes yeah that becomes my supplemental. Um, But we get a lot of people who who they get get what is called Medicare Part C where they sign up with an HMO that has A, B, and D, the pharmacy benefit, rolled into one, and they take money out of their Social Security check to manage that. Okay, well, for John Q. Public, that might be great, but for a champ VA person, wow, you just really stuck it to yourself because you're not going to be entitled to meds by mail you're going to be paying a premium for Medicare Part D that you don't have to pay for you shouldn't be paying for um, and you have to follow all the rules at HMO all of them no matter how silly um, and so I, you know, I tell Champ VA folks, man, don't even think about Medicare Part C, and don't think about getting into an HMO because all you're doing is limiting your options, and you probably have to pay extra. So you're paying extra to inconvenience yourself and your family.
1: So, all right. hey, quick question: You got to re- say you got a federal retiree, either a disability yeah. retiree, they've yes. got federal blue cross and blue shield, and they retire. Yes. Okay, they become eligible for Medicare, and they have Champ VA, so that means they've got three insurance or three different. Uh, Payees, payers. That's, that's correct. How does that work?
0: <laughs> well, here's here's what I recommend. Um, even if you're a, a federal retiree, um, you're still paying some sort of premium for Blue Cross Blue Shield. Right. Um Medica- you know, when when Medicare comes into play, Medicare pays eighty percent of the allowable amount. The uh, the Medicare supplemental policy is going to pay um, their portion and we pay last. Right. Um, if you didn't have that Medicare supplemental policy, we would pay the remainder of the allowable amount okay. for Medicare. If you have Medicare and if you have Medicare and only CHAMP VA, you should have little or no out-of-pocket expense at all. Right. The vast majority of people who have, are CHAMP VA eligible who have Medicare supplemental policies they're actually paying for something they're already getting
1: for free they're wasting their money okay hot topic on had it champ v a supplement insurance good thing bad thing
0: I, I don't recommend those okay i don't i don't recommend those um it it yeah um the catastrophic sorry the catastrophic cap for uh champ v a is three thousand dollars What that means, a lot of people get confused. They think that that means we're not going to pay for anything more than $3,000, and it's the exact opposite. We'll pay for anything. We've paid millions for different things, heart, lung, transplants, several million dollars we paid. Um, A catastrophic cap means that the Champ VA beneficiary will never have, in a calendar year, an out-of-pocket expense exceeding $3,000, aggregate. That's not a one-time thing, that's aggregate. So in one year, you will never spend more than $3,000 on CHAMP VA for anything. No matter how much drugs you get, no matter how many operations you have, no matter how expensive those operations are, when you have reached your $3,000 out of pocket for the cost share, we pay 100% for the rest of the year. So when you get a CHAMP VA supplemental policy, what you're doing is you're paying them to help pay that 25% cost share, That your $3,000, basically. I, I don't know anybody who's gotten the value of that. I just don't. If, if you're really healthy and you have a champion supplemental policy, then you're paying them premiums, but you're not going to the doctor to incur the bills that they would have to pay for. If you have serious health issues then you're gonna pay them premiums, it's gonna affect where your catastrophic cap lays, meaning how much money you've paid out of pocket. Um I I don't see the benefit in it. I just don't. Um no, I'm I'm not gonna discourage somebody from getting it. If they think that's where their bread's buttered and they think they're gonna get value out of that and um it it, it serves some purpose in their in their health care
1: okay, go do it. Uh, me, personally, I wouldn't do it. Well, I need to, cause see, we have a lot of questions, like, on the side, and we have to, you know, kind of answer it the best way we can. And the best way to do that from now on is if anybody asks that question, and I just, if uh, I reply box, I just go ahead and put a link to this show and say, give it a listen. This will answer yeah. your question. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, you know, there there
0: are several places that have um, several companies that have those uh, supplemental policies, but um, you're, you're still paying money to them. And Like I said, if you're healthy, then you're paying money to them to do nothing. And if you have serious medical issues, it, it's probably best, I, I think, to just pay up to the 3000 and then let us pay 100% for the rest of the year, you know um that's that's just my two cents uh but people can do what they want they can research it there's uh um you can you can go to google and type in VA supplemental policy and and it'll give you a list of people that have them and you can figure it out for yourself i i i glenn johnson do not recommend them
1: okay so if you've got a catastrophic issue and you pay that three thousand bucks and you're covered for the rest of the year a hundred percent okay
0: And it could be, you know, know, most things don't happen immediately, well, a car accident or something. But, you know, people that are going to have something done, um, operation on their back, or they're going to have some sort of a uh, transplant, I I need a liver transplant, well, that doesn't happen in 10 minutes. So you're going to have drugs that you have to pay for. You're going to have pre-op visits, post-op visits. You're going to have the cost of, of... associated with the different medical uh the surgeon, the, the assistant surgeon, the, the anesthesiologist, all that stuff. The chances of you reaching that three thousand bucks before the operation even happens is pretty good. Yeah. You know. Um, plus if you're taking a lot of medications, each time you pay a little copay. Um uh, for those medications, even if it 's two bucks or three bucks, that goes towards the catastrophic cap so um, the chance of you having to throw down three thousand bucks out of pocket in one shot is pretty pretty slim, frankly, unless you have you know, you're in a car accident or fall out of a plane or something you know
1: even most car accidents are reverted to your auto insurance though and the, there
0: you go that's the worst and in the which bad. case then then they they become third party biller. And so, Champ V A is not. You're not paying a ton out of that. So, I, I just don't recommend it. I, I, I've cut it lots of ways over the years to try to figure out if they were worth it or not. I, I, I don't see the value, frankly. I just don't. What the they hell? do is they play on people's fears of, oh, you're going to get slammed with a $3,000 bill sometime, and you're going to have to pay it right then. And it, I don't know anybody that's ever that's ever happened to, frankly. Um, it's, it's, uh, like I said, there's always treatment before there's drugs before there's other things that happen to you that may not be related to whatever the big issue is, you know, you, you're, you're going to reach that 3000. If you have serious health issues, you're going to reach that 3000 reasonably quickly, but not all in one lump. So what are these guys helping you pay for? Because after you hit that three thousand, even if you hit it January second, because it resets every year, if you hit it January second or third, guess what? We pay a hundred percent for the rest of the year, and now you're paying those guys a premium for something that you don't even have to owe anymore. So, you know, I'm I, I'm just not finding the value there. I, I just don't.
2: Now you're referring to Champ Ba, uh, to where I have uh, like just Medicare. Right. Uh, part A and B, and yeah. then I do have a gap insurance or supplemental insurance. Okay. But I've been in the hospital like three or four times this year, and uh, so far I haven't paid a penny out of pocket. So my gap yeah. well,
0: insurance. Well, and, and that's that's a completely different different scenario.
2: Okay, that's what I was. Um, we're,
0: we're we're just talking about folks that are eligible for Champ VA and have these other insurances.
2: Okay, correct. Uh, CHAMP VA
0: takes up the slack all the way to Medicare. And not only that, we have the Medicare crossover agreement now. So call us, uh, if your doctor bills Medicare, You know, it used to be people would have a hard time. I can't find somebody who takes uh, Medicare and CHAMP VA because they would have to do the paperwork for Medicare, then the paperwork for CHAMP VA, and most people didn't want to do it. Most doctors didn't, wouldn't do it. Okay, well, we made an agreement with Medicare, um, that's one of the other reasons we send all our names to Medicare twice a year is uh, when a doctor bills Medicare, and Medicare automatically bills us now. You shouldn't see anything. The only thing you get, the only thing a champ VA person gets at the end of the day is an EOB from us or a check from us, one of the two. Yeah. Either we spent all this money on your behalf or we spent some money on your behalf, and here's the rest we owe you, and, and that's the only thing you get. So even finding a doctor now is, is, is much easier because you don't even have to tell them about Champ VA. It automatically happens.
1: I had a doctor the other day, my son. We took him over there. And <clears throat> this doctor had, had didn't want to build Champ VA for the past couple of years. And we talked to him about it. And uh, so we were paying out of pocket and following herself. And he did it finally. And the next time we walked in there, he said, or the, the, little rece- the little girl that did the building said, you know what? That's the fastest thing I've ever seen. She said, that, she said, Champ VA is a whole lot faster than the other insurance <laughs> companies in Medicare and paying. Pay yeah, we
0: pay in three days. Yeah. Our whole system is set up to be billed electronically. That's why when a doctor makes you do it, it really annoys me and the rest of us here because they could do it electronically, get their money in three days, and you shouldn't have to do anything. And, and yet, you know, most doctors don't know what Champ VA is. They don't care. They, they want to make you better. They want to give you a shot give you a new liver, they want to get the rash off your arm, whatever the deal is. They're not worried about billing. They hire people for that. But the people they hire, they think it's going to be more work. They don't understand it. When, it. when it turns out, actually, it's a lot less. They send it to us electronically, they get a check in three days, electronically transferred to their checking account or their savings or whatever the organization has. Once people have done it once, they're like, wow, well, what the hell was I thinking for all these years? you know? And and yeah, we... we Really encourage. We try hard to encourage doctors. Don't don't poo poo us, you know, with the federal government. But man, we pay fast and we
1: pay correct. So,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> Just scratching their head. The government pays that fast. What yeah, part of well, the government is that? <laughs>
0: and, and you know that's uh, that, that that that's kind of humorous, but it, it, it's a fact. And they're like, wow, we had no <laughs> a idea. a misnomer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Uh, well, guys, I hate to say it, but we're totally out of time. And, Glenn, thank you for that information, buddy. We do appreciate you coming on the show.
0: Hey, no problem. Um, uh, happy to do it when, whenever my, my
1: uh, schedule allows. So uh, the if you dental need on again, that? let me know. Is the dental program taking off okay, doing pretty good? What's that? The dental program. Is it, is it, is it on track, doing pretty good? Uh, the dental pilot... Uh,
0: apparently, the people who have gone to tri uh, to delta dental because delta dental handle, handles the dental care for tri care people yeah. um, those people have had good luck the MetLife folks um have had some a um, c a like issues yeah. um, they 've had software issues and some phone issues and and i i'm you know i haven 't caught up with them in a while um they were having um, some problems at the beginning, um, but like I said, the, the Delta Dental people have have it was it was nothing to them. It was just a few more people calling, but MetLife I guess wasn't wasn't really staffed for the for the volume of of people that contacted them. So
1: um,
0: I don't know. The good I, I guess thing is the, good.
1: the volume. It's good though. Yeah. people are taking people are using the program. That's a good. That's a good thing. And that's what we want.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: All righty. we well, thank you for coming on, buddy. And we'll have you on again here in a couple months to give us more updates. But uh, okay. we do appreciate it. You're the, probably the most educational and informed people we have on the show, and, oh, and believe good. me, you know it. It, it doesn't go unappreciated. We appreciate you for what you do.
0: Well, and and I appreciate you guys for your service and how you're helping our vets. So, uh, keep up the good work.
2: Alright. Hey, thanks a All right. lot, Glenn.
0: We'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye.
1: You've been listening to the Hadit.com Blog Talk Radio Show, sponsored by Hadit.com. All opinions expressed here are the opinions of the individuals appearing on the show, and are not the opinions of Hadit.com or Blog Talk Radio. Tune in next time for another edition of Hadit.com Blog Talk Radio and the Ask Baster Show.